Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze from Table and Vine, the New England destination for wine, spirits, and beer, including microbrews on Riverdale Street in West Springfield, Massachusetts, less than half an hour from Hartford, tableandvine.com. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with your welcome toast. It was Art Buckwald who said, I like champagne because it always tastes as though my foot is asleep. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. Everybody got their shades on? I think so. It is great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. It is the place to have a good time. We're going to be talking about fruit desserts that are going to kind of drive you wild, especially this chunky bunt cake that has got Meyer lemon pieces in it, and it's got grapefruit in it. This lemon verbena olive oil cake. We're going to get into all of that. We've got the cocktail event. The martini competition is set to go. The discovery of the single best potato chips in all the world. I am not kidding you. This is new. It's from Spain, and they're available here. It's unbelievable. All right. My treasured food buddies are here. We have senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, Anthony DeSario, our cocktail guy, and our special guest, Carol Peck, chef and co-owner of Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. It's one of my favorite places to go. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Party. (laughs) That's what we do. You you know that. Well, it's just like your place. Um, Okay, Carol, it's such a pleasure to have you back on the show. I've got to tell you and everyone about this discovery. Here, this empty bag. This is <laughs> empty bag. Let's say that again. Empty bag. I, I, honestly, I have never in my life had a potato chip like this. I know. I read that thing you wrote, and I was like, uh, I hope she saved one. Are there crumbs? Are there crumbs? I know. <laughs> Alex I and I said it. we'd lick the bag. Yeah. <laughs> the, the I have one half. We'll rip it in half. <laughs> Cut little squares the, out of it. The only reason I didn't bring these back you know bags for you it's that i carried the bag home from the market <laughs> then i got home and i thought oh i i got those potato chips i let me try those they were so incredible but now i'm home from this market so um these are called black truffle these are black truffle potato mm, chips made by crazy. torres yeah and the company's torres selecta you can get these online these are from barcelona or Barcelona, as <laughs> Alex would say. And they have dehydrated real black summer truffles in them oh, and yeah. a truffle you know, oil flavoring. Mm-hmm. And they're salty and crisp and they're absolutely Did they smell like incredible. amazing when you open the bag. I almost like- fainted. And then I put one in my mouth and I 
I said out loud in the room by myself, <laughs> yeah. oh, my gosh. How, how long the, did it take to eat the little bag? I it's just, not a very big bag. I, I, they're so <laughs> unbelievable. Now, they're on the pricey the side. Price, I paid yeah. two thirty nine for this oh, little that bag. That's but what How many ounces? I would, uh, sure. I would <laughs> Carol. <laughs> one. <they're> one, <laughs> one point four one ounces. But that's a good amount of potato yeah. chips. Yeah. What are they fried in? It's fried as most potato chips are in safflower oil. Safflower. Okay. Yeah, and you said Amazon, right? Did I? Well, you can that? get these on Amazon, and um, gourmet <laughs> markets in our area have them. I got these in Agata and Valentina in New York City, okay, mm-hmm. cool. but I went online and looked them up, and yeah. you can get them in a lot of places. Yeah. So, were, were um, they the ones who were created by Adria Farian? No, from El Bulli, because he did a whole line of potato chips too that's out there now. Yes, yeah. and no, these aren't. This is a company, and they make various. Flavors. Flavors. You'll see online, they make various oh, wow. flavors of things. And I think these are the best potato chips I've ever had in my life, oh. honestly. Really, black truffle, trufa negra, and it says on the bag. And I negra. like that it's a smaller bag because when I buy a big bag, of well, potato, it doesn't matter. What's Come a on. single honestly, serve? It's, honestly, it's it, like it's the, every bag yeah. is a single, single serve, serve. even well, the one that's like family. It's, it's, a, a, yeah. it's a tapa it's, size. It's a tapa <laughs> size. I'm already thinking of summer in a nice hot lobster roll with those on the side. Oh, oh. The lobster that with the truffle together. I think a good idea. Amazon delivers overnight. I'm thinking tomorrow. We're all on our smartphones ordering I already ordered. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, I did. Get a case. <laughs> you, that's, what, that's why you were. That's why I face like, why are you on your away. phone? <laughs> no reason. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, uh, and there when you get home. <laughs> and, and here's, yeah, I know. We're very close to the we'll have it to you in one hour. Yes. Right? We are. Yeah, drone. This is the where drone. I think so. <laughs> People think I'm crazy about drone delivery, but I think it's, it's really going to happen yeah. for food. Rich Hanley said to me, yeah. I'm crazy. He said, that's not going to happen with food. And I think it is. Oh, my God. I'd be standing. Right? I would be sitting it's going on to my your window. waiting for those potato chips. I would have binoculars <laughs> <laughs> coming from the West. I'd be intercepting chips. All right. So I was going to say, Anthony, when you came up with the great idea of having the lobster roll, and these potato chips, which is a genius combination, I, w- I was going to say, you know, what about the cocktail? So <laughs> that raises a whole new topic because we have now the ticket destination is set up for you. We are getting closer and closer to the Fuchmoo's Martini Competition. And our goal this year is to break. We had 850 people last year. It is the hottest dance scene you have ever seen. The party, amazing DJ. The cocktail stations, wall-to-wall everywhere. The most amazing, innovative martinis, we call them. We know there's just the classic martini. These are innovative. It's a competition. You vote when you get there. We have iPads for your, we have tablet voting, I should say. So it is just amazing. And there is food everywhere. And, and a great new location this year. It's oh, really it's cool, exciting. Right? Yeah. It is I'm excited at about that. The Mash and Tuck at Pequot Museum, which is right next to Foxwoods. We have worked out a deal. We know that usually hotels sell out. People want to be extra safe. And so 
they either chip in on limos or they, we have a special designated driver ticket that is at a very reasonable rate. So people designate someone and they come. And then um, we also have worked out a deal with Foxwoods and they're discounting their hotel rooms. Sign me up. I'm staying tonight. Oh, it's the most fun ever. Honestly, this is the hottest party. party So it is Thursday, June 23rd. It is at the Mashantucket Pequot Museum. It is the most gorgeous space. We're so excited about this. We have all kinds of things for you to see online. ctmartini.org. As always, we have employers that are gifting employees with these tickets for a job well done. We have, we want to break a thousand this year. We can can do it. I know. There's no reason. Um, You you know, it's festive dress. You wear anything you want. We've seen everything. Cool hats. It's the most fun. Everyone dances with everyone. I've never seen a party like this. It's the most fabulous party. Thursday, June 23rd, 6 p.m. You want to meet someone? Let me tell you, this is the place to (laughs) go. ctmartini.org. Okay, that's that's that. Carol Peck is here from Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. It's one of my favorite places to go, as Carol knows, because I'm tucked into a booth there pretty much year-round. So great to have you here. And you brought us a great recipe. It's a wonderful time of year for this kind of thing. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's good to God. see you here in the studio. I know. Uh, yeah, what I did is... Uh, you. I don't mean I know. It's good to see you. <laughs> Of course, oh, it is. of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. Okay, well, we're, we're thinking, you know, of course this year is a little different than other years that we might have an early spring, it seems. So we're going to get a lot more local vegetables sooner than later. But it's always that weird time of year, March, April. You want to be eating spring food, but it's not really around yet. And yeah. uh, you're really tired of the sort of squashes and cabbages and all those kind of things that you eat in the winter. Potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so I came up with a uh, chicken tagine, a lighter one. And thank you for the recipe. Well, we, you're welcome. We have it on the website. It's so generous of you. So tell us, if you don't, I have a tagine, but I never actually use it. Right. So you a don't tagine, have to have one? To I, I have a house in France, and we have a lot of... That influence from Algeria, Morocco, is all part of southern France cooking and everything. So when I'm over there, I make a lot of these. But I do it here as the well. Clay because ones out of clay? Yeah, they have the clay ones there. And those you have to season. If they're so, porous, you have to season, put them in the oven, and that's. Or they'll smell thing. like terracotta, right? Right. Yeah. But you also here, you can buy the glazed ones as well as okay. in France, too. You buy the glazed ones. But the idea of that is that you put the food that cooks the slowest on the bottom and you stack up your food and it works almost with the cover like a convection oven. It lets steam out, but the air sort of goes around the whole stew. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's how that works. But you can use a Dutch oven or something like a cruset or whatever to make this kind of tagine as well. And it comes out lovely. But I like to layer everything and then you don't touch it. You're not stirring it. You're not doing anything else to it. So, and this one is really just chicken and vegetables. Preserved lemon is one of the ingredients Uh, because we live by preserved lemons. Oh my God, we do. I don't know if everybody knows about them, but you know, you can make your own or you can buy them. They're they're not hard at all to make. You know, you just wash your lemons, cut them in half, cover them with salt and uh, lemon juice. Let them sit at least three weeks. We put ours in a jar. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. In oh, a jar or even a plastic yeah. container. And, we do them and you can buy them, too. Yes, absolutely. You know, so but not rocket absolutely. science to make. Yeah, no, they're easy. they're easy. But tagine is lovely because it's springy. And this one, I, I included fresh favas, if you could get them. And, and over there, you know, they, they leave the favas still with the shell on, not the whole pod. But they'll leave the shell on, and you just sort of work it in your mouth and spit that outer shell out or eat the whole thing. Where? Fr- <laughs> in, where? in France, in, in southern France, yeah. Oh, yeah, they change the fresh flavor at all? Don't, don't tell uh, my prep cooks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Mine either. Quiet, you. Because you could get a bushel of, of fava beans and end up maybe with two quarts of, <laughs> oh, <I know>. huh. <laughs> of fresh ones. So. Delicious. But they're what delicious. Is- but, you know, they're an early spring vegetable. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily grow so well around here in the later summer we'll get them here but you know as i said i like to be local but sometimes you can't be local so, you know you have to get sugar lemons coffee and in the winter you know you have to go to other so you're, countries you're, you're not there are some chefs we've had on the show who believe and you know you're supposed to only eat the food within 50 miles and i don't live that way and i don't choose to live that way i understand that politically but you're not someone who does that obviously. no i believe in using seasonal but you know and yeah. i really depend and especially in the summer and local vegetables and everything but in the winter i can't tell my people that i can't get broccoli they say go to the supermarket and buy it <laughs> and, <you laughs> and they're right you know so, eat more potatoes so, <laughs> so it's that kind of thoughts that you have to go with that you're also in a commercial endeavor you're running a restaurant and people expect certain things i don't grow tea tea doesn't grow around here you know so it's it's those kind of things or coffee or coffee you know or pineapples right and they're in season right now pineapples are delicious right mangoes are in season oh i just had one of those champagne mangoes you know the yellow ones that are so Yum. exquisite. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. So everybody have a look at, at those. They're in most markets right now. Okay, so, Carol, if you don't have a tagine and mm-hmm. you're doing it in the Creuset, some kind of heavy right. bottom pot, what all together in there at once? Or we... Do the same method I gave in the recipe. Okay, you're going to brown your chicken. And if you notice in the recipe, I tell you to put your chicken on a baking sheet, cover it with spices, put it in the oven, and you're done without any saute and everything else. It browns it off. It's fast. And then you continue on. Mm. And you make the rest of the tagine with all your ingredients put in in the way the ingredients are listed in the recipe. And that's online at foodschmooze.org right now. Why do you cook the chicken off first? Because you want to have some color and you want it to seal a little bit too. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty pale in like there. Poached. Yeah. And you want those spices to bloom as well. And with hot heat like that, you're going to get a better spice infiltration into the dish. See, this little oh, step, little this is the chef trick that where you think you go to someone's home who knows what they're doing the way Carol does. You say, oh, why does this? You go to her restaurant and you say, why, does, why can't I do this? These tricks that you have, I just, and you're so great to share. It's a great tip, too, with the doing it on a little sheet pan because I, I watch people have trouble searing and how hot the temperature is, and that's al- it's almost foolproof, right? Oh, doing absolutely. it that way. You toss it with the spices, you throw it in a hot oven, it's seared, and you don't have to think about, like, am I searing it too much? Mm-hmm. Am I looking at it? And is it sticking? And Are you putting a piece of parchment paper down? No, oh. it, de- it depends. I mean, at good news, any pan is up there <laughs> for the oven, you know. So. But at home, if you want to protect it, you could. But we almost like that it gets that little chari. Sticky. Yes, those wonderful little scraps yeah. at the end. You, know, you, you, you did the decor in your restaurant, didn't yes. you? It yes. It is the coolest. Oh, yeah? 
It is the just chic cool. It is so fabulous, the design of this place. And well, thank you. You know what we have to do? Let's do. <laughs> Rum roll, please. No, seriously. Here it comes. I, I know that Let's, finger. Will you all join me? Let's. Can we do a meetup in the bar at your restaurant? I would love that. That Seriously? Be, oh, I'll go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Would, I'm in. Yes. All, All right. So everybody well, everybody runs their own tab. And I'm yeah. talking to you, dear listener. Meet us at the bar. This is wild. We've never done this oh, before. This Let's do a, a Wednesday. Wednesday is a good day, midweek. Can you, okay. Because yeah, yeah, right. it'll make okay. it seem like the weekend just comes sooner. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wednesday, I'm picking a date right out of the air. April 6th. Yeah. Meet us 6 to 8 in the bar at Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut, and we'll n- nosh, we'll drink. I like it. Yeah, cocktails yeah, or uh, soda or coffee, and, whatever you want to do, and we'll have and we'll hang out at eight o'clock for dinner because it's we'll stay a, and eat. Okay, <laughs> oh, if you're up there, you've got to stay and eat. Absolutely, this is a yeah. meetup. Okay, well, so we're going to do the food. We're doing a food schmooze meetup. Everybody's in. Right I'm in. Every yeah. single person. I'm in. I'm, in. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Our senior producer, Robin Doyen Aiken, is shaking her head. She's in. We're all in. We're all going to be there. So that is Wednesday, Wednesday April 6th. 6 to 8. 6 to 8 p.m. We're having our own little food schmooze happy hour there just for the fun of it. Okay. I'm having local tea. Come and see us. Come and have some fun. I'll bring the tea I've grown. Yeah. I'll harvest it lemon, just before. But lemon verbena could be the tea, but that's a tea's on. That's right. It is a tea. tea. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's yeah. a difference Let there. Me, I, I've never, in all the years I have known you, I've never asked you this. What is the single most popular thing on your menu? Do you know it? Oh, okay. I, know. Right. oh I thought you were wait. asking me. I no, like the ma- I'm asking I like the macaroni and cheese and her lobster. lobster yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah. but wait. Potatoes, if yeah. if so you took it off, people would just scream. What is it? Okay, lobster mac. I know. Walk yeah. shrimp, Ooh. Caesar salad, lobster soup, um, the coconut cake. I know. Oh. Uh, oh. Am, am I cheesy okay. to say I like the Martha salad? The walk oh, the Martha <laughs> too. I forgot the about the Martha. Shrimp? The walk shrimps has been on since yeah. I've opened. Yeah. I have never had That's that. Yeah. I'm having that. Yeah, no, you have to have that on one April. Too. <laughs> that so one was how many based. Can we order <laughs> all of them? All of them. <laughs> that was interesting. That dish I came up with it when I opened Good News because I used to eat in Miami when I lived there. There was a tapas place before tapas were really in, and they just did the potatoes with aioli, and that's oh, yeah. how that dish oh, came yes. from there. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that's it's just delicious. Alex, Pure in, it, when I get that dish, the potatoes in paprika and a little bit yeah, of spice. Uh, patata bravas. Patata yeah. bravas. Ah. We do we do a Basque seafood that's similar me. to that with octopus <laughs> and clams in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When is that on the menu? That's on as an appetizer. You should it is? Yeah. Okay. okay. April yeah. 6th. Yeah. I'm going to be starving myself oh, until yeah. then. Now I'm excited. Okay. Don't do that. April, I know, no. All right. So we're going to take a break right now. Uh, it'll be quick. But on the other side of this break, we have the Don Corleone Negroni coming your way. <laughs> it's a jello shot, but it's really unusual. <laughs> Stay with us. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at Food Schmooze. .org. We'll be right back.
Okay, hope that first bite of the Fuchmos felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. We have a free podcast of this show for you. Do, do you all do podcasts? Is everybody doing them oh in God. this room? I mean, it's really pretty much easy, pretty simple. It's the it's the way I guess we're all getting access to everything now. You so get what you want, when you want, That's, yeah, on your schedule. So yeah. we have set up a podcast of this show, and all you do is just sign up for it once at our site, and that's foodschmooze.org. Sign up for it there, and we'll send it to you automatically. I get it on my phone, and then I plug my phone into the car, and then I listen yep. to the Foodschmooze whenever I want on the way home. For it could be eleven o'clock at <laughs> night, exactly it could be nine o'clock in the morning. That's I can what I do. Plug it in. That's yeah. exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear. I can actually. Uh, how many times? I think <laughs> I count. Oh, okay. I laughed nine times on that show. <laughs> oh. All right. So um, I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Our special guest, Carol Peck of Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. Hey. And we have our senior contributor and wine broker, Alex Province. And our senior cocktail contributor, Anthony Desario. Quick thing on promise to do a garden hack. Maybe next week we'll get to more of these. But remember last week you were saying that your father didn't have sun in his yard. And so what could he do? And we had this idea that we found online where you, you hang used gutters, yeah, roof rain gutters, gutters, mm-hmm. the rain the gutters, right? I keep yeah. looking at them and I'm like, oh no. You hang <laughs> them this? where the sun yeah. shines. Yeah. Like so reflectors? you have a reflector? No, no. no, no so no, no. if like you let, you know, sometimes you don't have sun in your yard, but you yeah. look over and the sun is shining on the side of your garage kind right. of thing. Yeah. Wherever the sun is shining, you take these rain gutters and yeah. you nail them up or attach them to the side of the garage. They're in the sun, and yeah. you just plant in the gutter. The uh, soil, like a six-foot ah, piece. Okay. The water, you can either cut holes in the bottom or yeah. the water drips out the ends. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Okay, yeah. so that's number one. Number two, I'm online looking for more of these garden hacks, and what do I see? Somebody has come up with the same idea of using, you know the shoe bags that you put oh, on the yes, closet yep. door? Yeah. <laughs> soil <laughs> yes, in right. the pockets. And just, oh, and it has holes in the bottom. Herbs yeah. growing on the wall. And just put it outside, hang it up. Inside yeah. your closet. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with one of those grow, grow lights. lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, why are my clothes so <laughs> You smell <bleached>? like potatoes. <laughs> I like mints. I smell like lemon verbena. <laughs> um, somebody else, uh, this cracks me up when people do things like this. Remember that we went to the phase where people were putting chairs and sinks in the garden and yes. planting oh, them? Yeah. Yes. So now Bath they've tubs. got rubber boots. Used nice. rubber boots. I like they that. They put soil in it, yeah, in the yeah. boot, and Kinda they looks funky. put flowers. And, yep, it definitely looks funky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your <laughs> neighbors <laughs> not your love taste. It. Alex and I were just talking about <laughs> repurposing things, and that fits, doesn't it, Alex? Yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking a big tire. I'm gotcha. still on tires. <laughs> 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 tires Blight ordinance uh, yeah. gardening. There are a lot of tire gardening online. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you that right now. There's so many tricks. I online. still love the hay bale. I still like the hay bale. I'm going to do it this year. I say it every year. It really they they rot though. You have to be careful because it's it gets too moist. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. Yeah. But I'm you have to really shot. control how much water you're getting into that. So yeah. our our vet Todd Friedland does all of his garden in a hay bale up the side of his lawn where he doesn't want to uh-huh. mow. Sun blasting there, so he sets them up in there and he wires the hay bale first. And so that when it starts to collapse a bit, yeah. it stays. It all stays in place. And he grows everything this way. He's got plants coming out of every end and side and piece of these hay bales. So he keeps it that it's really in a sunny spot. It in, keeps it sort of dry in a certain way that he gets to water it on yes, his own. And, and there's a certain prep yeah. that he has to do first, yeah, it's, right? yeah, It's a 10-day process yeah, that yeah, you water yeah, it and fertilize it yeah, but well worth well, it, and you don't have the same pest issues. It's really incredible. And you don't have to dig in the dirt. And, and no weeds. Yeah. Wasn't he even growing potatoes inside? Yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah, everything. Abs- that. Yeah. everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. everything. Wow. Okay, some more garden hacks right. for you are coming up. I think the last time we talked, in case you missed it, we talked about the um, burying the plastic soda bottles with holes in them. Yeah. In with your plants. So we talked about doing the plastic milk container so that the nozzle is at the surface of the soil Mm -hmm. and then it waters the roots of the plant. You just put your hose into the container, fills up with water, and very slowly drips out. Okay, now the other one I'm going to give you today is this one about the small soda bottle. We shouldn't be drinking soda. Water bottles. Small water bottles. <laughs> we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be buying water. Well, you Wait, know what? You can get, uh, you can get tons of, at the recycling center, you can get tons of bottles. Exactly. How organic are they? How organic are they? You cannot call it an organic garden if you water with a plastic bottle. If it leaches with plastic. What if it's a recycled plastic bottle? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to think how you can get holes in a wine bottle. <laughs> Very careful. A drill. A drill. Yeah. Did you and anybody do this? I did this when I was in school. We bought these kits that cut your bottles. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It was a yes. soda bottle. Of a, and you made your own glasses. <laughs> That's it. Out of, and you Very sanded fancy. the top. Yeah. And fancy. it cut off perfectly. And yeah. we were standing around <laughs> drinking out of these bottoms of bottles <laughs> and saying, I made these glasses. That's, now, oh, that's, I know. See, I know. That goes to our repurposing. <laughs> it was well, like macrame. <laughs> I made it. going to make champagne Macrame, fruits. definitely. <laughs> No, Same I, met, era. I met a gentleman once who uh, he and his wife used to come into one of the bars where I first started working in, and he would always ask me for like the fancy frosted bottles, the leftovers. You know, can I have the empties? And I asked him why, and he came in one day with this beautiful cheese board that he had made. And what he did was he had that tool where he cut the top and the bottom of the bottle off. Then he would slice it in half just down one side and then he would heat it so he had a way that he would spread it it and flatten the glass out so he had these cheese boards out of uh, liquor bottles oh just as and he would flatten out the glass part and put it almost like on a like a cutting board but he would recess it and let that glass just sit at the bottom of it was it it good looking it was gorgeous it was absolutely gorgeous my favorite was when the ones where he made the mistakes and he ended up making a mosaic because the bottles had broken and he flattened out all the different Mm -hmm. pieces instead of just having like 
you know that <laughs> one, one that one, one slab, frosted yeah. fancy bottle that you know but, i just right. love people to do, do this kind of thing i just Crafty. think it's just adorable Crafty. okay so i don't know how we got on that. <laughs> this is the fuchmas party i love when we go down these side roads i really Where are do we? we are with our special guest carol peck of good news cafe in woodbury connecticut and um, we have, in the last segment, if you're just joining us, we know people are piling in every 15 minutes. We just spontaneously have decided to do a meetup at Good News Cafe's bar on, what did we say, April Wednesday, 6th. April 6th. Um, all of us who go, we're just going to run our own tabs, and we're just going to hang out in the bar from 6 to 8. Hang out with us. At the end of the evening. And we're all in. So come and hang out with us. Totally. That's in Woodbury, Connecticut, Good News Cafe. Sounds like great fun. It's very chic. I know. Beautiful place to chill. (laughs) Right? We've never done the first time. We might even have the patio open. Are we all kind of The air conditioning might be on. Oh, it's been on already. (laughs) This is the first time we've ever done something like this. Are we all going to fit into your booth over there? Yeah. I know. We're just going to stand We're around in the bar. You know where I'll out. be. Uh, okay, so online we've got a cookbook coming up, which is Sweeter Off the Vine, and this is using fruit as the central focus for desserts and some really interesting things, really good things, a special bundt cake that I'm particularly attracted <laughs> to. We also have Carol Peck's recipe for a chicken tagine where it's chicken and vegetables. It really is a kind of spring stew. That's there, and you can make it in a cast iron pot if you want. You don't yes. have to have a tagine. But if you have one, good for you. Um, well, it's fun, too. The presentation is great I'm if you be, have a tagine to bring it out to the table. With. I'm going to be going on Amazon and buying a tagine and those potato chips. That's okay. <laughs> my order. <laughs> um, we also have a favorite recipe, fish stew with fennel and baby mm, potatoes. Oh, fennel. I love fish stews south of France, right, Carol, that have fennel in them. Absolutely. You see it all yeah, the time. Everywhere. Pastis is everywhere. Um, so this is, we've got small potatoes and olive oil and a fennel bulb you get at mm-hmm. the supermarket and just chop it up and garlic cloves and a little white wine, some creme fraiche, you get it in the market and you can use skinless flounder or fluke or whatever fish happens to be around. I don't think it really matters. It's kind of a neutral fish. I wouldn't do swordfish in something like this. And then some dill in there. So big pot, just like Carol's doing, big pot over the heat and cooking the potatoes and they soften in about three minutes. And then you throw in the fennel and the garlic, a little bit of salt and pepper, another couple minutes, you add some wine, cook that off. Uh, So people who don't drink still can have this stew because it's cooked off. And then a little bit of water, and you start simmering this. And then the fish goes in at the end, as you know, Carol. It just finishes poaching off at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. What's nice in there would be even a little orange zest or lemon zest. Yeah. Oh, I've never done that. In Provence, they use orange zest all the time. The old Provencal cooks have the whole rind just hanging in the kitchen, drying, and they throw that into all their fish stews and... Do you do that at the restaurant? At the restaurant, yeah. So it's yeah. dried, though, so yeah. how do you process it? Like chop well, it up well, you, finely? You, yeah, you, or you just take and put like a whole big piece oh, into yeah. a and stew. And pull it out when you're Yeah, out. exactly. Almost or, like a bay leaf. Yep. Yeah. 
You can really? use it that way. Yeah. That's a great idea. And, and it's such a good it idea It goes in the this. garbage most of the time That's when you're it. eating an orange. And it's wonderful because so it's, it has that wonderful fragrance, the citrus, the but orange as well. So oh, that's great. That, and with fennel, it just works And I don't think we use really well enough. together. You use a lot of fennel. I love fennel. I, use, I love it. Yeah. You don't see it. Because it has a licorice sort of people. I love eating it just raw. I yeah, love I roasted in the oven. Yeah, Shaved. with a little lemon juice and olive and, oil and just parsley yeah. and a few olives yeah, in there. That's great in general. Ooh. Ooh. Delicious. That's good spring food, yeah. right? Yeah. Huh. There's some beautiful fennel liqueurs out there too. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about those liqueurs that well, pastis a, of course yeah, pastis. is the yep. the mother you could, of you all of them. You could put a little <laughs> tad in here. I would. Stew. Yeah. I would. I cook with sure. a lot of pernil or pastis yeah. or. So this recipe is posted online, along with Carol's recipe and several of the desserts from the book that we have coming up at foodschmooze.org. As promised, Anthony has created something. He, <laughs> he, this is so, so riotous. We're calling this the Don Corleone Negroni, <laughs> <laughs> because it is a classic Negroni. And it is like a jello shot, and he's done it in an orange. Cut it, the segments, so this is a shimmering orange segment <laughs> that is a drink. Gorgeous looking, by the way. Thank you. Hilarious. We'll it in so class, what's in a Negroni? Yeah, so it's a classic Negroni, which is uh, Robin and I's favorite cocktail, which is uh, equal parts of gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. <laughs> Everything just kind of came together, you know. When we were talking about the oh garden, when we we're talking about the garden hacks, and we're talking weird about what to do with the orange rinds, and is uh, this because in the Godfather movie right before? Well, that's why I called it the Don right? Quote. Yeah, so he's in the garden, and there it is. When I when I put it all together, you know, I said, you know, what can we put for a vessel to make this kind of fun? And I just thought of uh, doing the uh, the orange slice, which so is you, the you classic Negroni garnish. So w- the recipe is at foodschmooze.org. And, and this took all of 15 minutes. You filled an orange half. Yes, I cut the orange in half from where the stem side is down. So okay. once you once you have your orange in half to hollow it out, it's easier to peel the pieces out. So like an egg or something exactly, from top to from bottom. Exactly, from top to bottom, Instead yes. of a cross. Exactly. Yeah. And then I just uh, North made some strawberry pole. jello and put a couple of dashes of rhubarb bitters in there from brothers you don't have to if you don't have them but just want to get that strawberry rhubarb flavor and then just added the negroni and the, the negroni ingredients yeah the negroni mm-hmm. ingredients to that and then and uh, then poured, just it, fill, into poured it into the orange slices and put it in the refrigerator but and four hours first, later there they were but first you put it into the orange half yes you make your jello and then you just poured that into the orange half and then put that in the refrigerator this will make enough to fill four orange halves Okay. So two whole oranges, put those in the refrigerator for four hours. And then when it's set, you then slice these into segments. Yeah, I just slice them into segments. Get a very sharp knife because the Jello will try to, you know, if you use a steak knife or something, you're definitely going to ruin your presentation. But No serrated knives. No serrated knives. Or a laser. Yeah, or a laser possibly. (laughs) So, yeah, so uh, for today's show, I mean, there you have the strawberry, the rhubarb. We have the garden hacks. We have what to do with our orange slices and orange wedges. And there it is, the Don Corleone. And a jello shot. And a jello shot all at one. I love it. Absolutely delicious and hilarious. So I'm looking for uh, Robin's thumbs up to see what she thinks. And there there it is. Okay, that is good. All right. She, she can't talk. She has an orange in her mouth. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my mouth. <laughs> Don't forget, tickets to our martini competition. 
if you want to register as a bartender, a restaurant, but most of all, tickets for the party of the year as far as we're concerned. Bartenders are ready again. (laughs) Ctmartini.org. Ctmartini.org, I should say. So here's a question that I have. We're going to do our sort of a spontaneous meetup on April 6th at Good News Cafe in the bar. Right. Okay, and we're inviting everyone who's listening to just come do that with us. Why don't restaurants and bars serve more interesting drinks, you know, for the non-alcohol drinker? I think we've been talking that they're doing it more and more and more now. Someone who's recovering, you certainly don't want to go and hang out in bars. You know, I mean, I understand that. But I'm talking about people who just don't want to drink. They don't drink. We do, you know, a fresh fruit juice that we make from fresh melons, whatever it is, Mm. you know. And we always have that. Yeah, and it's in a a wine glass. So, you know, you, you have a garnish with it, everything. That's good for you. Yeah, we've done that for years and years and years. And we found over the last few years it's much more popular than it was even years ago. But in the summertime, we'll make like a gazpacho drink. You can do all those kind of things that are delicious. And you're also seeing – now, remember, if we go back historically, I mean, a bar was really there for one thing, and that was for drinking. Then you had your bar and restaurant, and now with the culture of the foodies and everybody that like us, we're going out, and we don't want to drink – but there is a bar in the building, but now you have the craft cocktail movement. Right. So with the craft cocktail movement, just like you're saying, is now us bartenders behind, we, we're working with the chefs. We are having more fresh juices, more fresh orange juice, mm-hmm. pineapples, grapefruits. Veg- uh, we do We mm-hmm. do fresh apple juices. Again, the fresh tomato juices. Those weren't always available, but now they are. And now we like to play with our different flavors. We're also, as bartenders, as a craft are making flavored syrups as well. So using fresh fruits to maybe make a blueberry syrup or a raspberry syrup. And Mm -hmm. you know what? That goes really great with Mm -hmm. that pineapple juice that we have. So now it's even easier to make high-quality mocktails, or as we call them sometimes, maternitinis. Maternity. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and just a little bit of club soda. So oh. we're using more fresh ingredients, less off the soda gun. And because we have more available, it's easier for us to design. This just is, like huh, it's like what you ask me to do every week. It's, you know, Anthony, I want something nice and fresh with fresh ingredients. And everything that I've made so far, yeah. if you take the alcohol out, you still have a beautiful drink. Exactly. You don't this need, to, yeah, you don't need to add the alcohol. Yeah, the alcohol the is of, almost yeah. like the salt and pepper now. That's it. And it isn't just the Virgin Mary anymore. It's, you know, there's a lot of drinks that are non-alcoholic. Okay. So we'll do a quick break, and then we're going to meet Yasi Arafi. She's author of the cookbook, Sweeter Off the Vine, All Desserts Based on Fresh Fruits. Wonderful, especially this bun cake that we're going to tell you about. We have those. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week. And to find our food, wine, and cocktail recommendations, our streaming videos, recipes we feature, we're online at foodschmooze.org. And we'll be right back. have one more mouth-watering bite of the food schmooze coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on more food schmooze. 
This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken, and to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foochmoose.org. Talk with us on Facebook, too. Search Faith Middleton. Okay, here we go. This cookbook is called Sweeter Off the Vine. These are fruit desserts for every season. We're going to focus in on spring and the beginning of summer with you. The creator of this cookbook is Yasi Arafi. Yasi Arafi, welcome to the Fujmoos Party. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I want to jump right into something that's perfect for spring, and that is your lemon verbena olive oil cake. Lemon verbena has this kind of citrusy flavor yeah. and aroma that is yeah. just so good. You just have to say the words olive oil cake to me, and I'm, <laughs> I, you've got me already. But lemon verbena olive oil cake, that's a good one. Tell us about this. Well, I love that citrusy flavor of lemon verbena, and so to me it's a natural pairing with lemon and olive oil. So lemon zest and sugar, and you're using the leaves. How do you use the leaves to infuse this cake? In this cake, what I did was to take the leaves and to process them with the sugar in the cake, which makes this really vibrant, kind of densely flavored sugar that helps the herb flavor permeate the whole cake, which is really nice. Uh-huh. And the lemon zest in there, I like the idea of the boosting of citrus, but also the slight bitterness of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think lemon zest is a great back pocket ingredient for almost any fruit dessert. It pairs really well with herbs, and it also really highlights the flavor of just about any fruit. Let's move into cherry season, because we know the first cherries. Does everyone agree with me? The first cherries come out in April. April, May. Yeah. Yeah. May, closer to May. This year it might be sooner for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We can see some cherries coming in from California in April. Oh, yeah. 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 Oregon, too, is a big, big state. Oregon, that's right. Oregon, yeah. Um, So, Yasa, you have a spiked cherry sorbet. And you're using sweet cherries for this. This comes together so easily. When people are thinking about dessert for me is among the most expensive things that I put on the table because I'm not a baker. And I tend not to make so you're, my you're own desserts. Good desserts. I'm <laughs> always buying good desserts. And I thought you were going to say you eat a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a yet another hundred dollars on my dinner. Here comes safe. So um, this is one of those things that I love. These dessert recipes that you can really do yourself if you're not a baker. So um, pitted sweet cherries, some water, sugar, lemon juice. In this case, rye whiskey, a little bit of sweet vermouth, and Angostura bitters. Oh, old-fashioned. So this is a kind of play on the Manhattan, isn't it? Yeah, it is. My boyfriend makes really good Manhattans, and I wanted to figure out a way to kind of take the flavor of that really boozy, sweet cherry at the bottom of the glass Mm -hmm. and have a whole bowl of them. Nice. Um, Can you tell me how this goes together? 
you could actually do this because of the alcohol in a container and do it with a fork. You don't have to have an ice cream machine, do you? Sure, you could absolutely do that. You could make the base for the sorbet, which is some cooked cherries along with some sugar and the rye whiskey and bitters and vermouth. And you could totally just put that into a glass baking dish, cover it with plastic, check on it every 30 minutes or so and give it a stir or a scrape with a fork. And you'll still Mm -hmm. have like a delicious, lushy, cherry spiked Sorbet. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, like oh yeah, a granita. Right up my alley. Yeah, granita. granita yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And in yeah, fact, totally a granita. Yeah, and so and let's turn to your granita because the way the the uh, weather's going, this um, this isn't tomorrow. so far. Yeah, <laughs> watermelons will today. be here in five minutes. So. You've got a watermelon granita with chili and lime, and wow. that is such a wonderful combination. There's a little cayenne in here with some oh, yeah. chili powder and salt and sugar and fresh lime juice and chopped seedless watermelon. And this, again, comes together. You start with the food processor, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. You basically take chunks of the freshest, most delicious, juicy watermelon that you can find and remove the seeds if it has seeds. If it's seedless, you can just toss it in. Then you add some sugar and some seasonings, blend it up, and then it's very similar to the sorbet in that you could probably turn it in an ice cream machine if you wanted to have something more like that, or you just can put it in a glass baking dish, put it in the freezer, check on it every 30 minutes or so, and scrape it with a fork. And then you mm-hmm. could either serve that as is, or you could add a little bit of tequila or mezcal. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I was just going to ask that. that point. Okay. So we have several of Yasi Arafi's recipes on our website, and this watermelon granita with chili and lime is one of them. Another one is wine-soaked peaches oh, with yeah. lemon verbena. Oh, we were talking about these leaves from the verbena infusing things. And here's where you're using, Yasi, a dry white wine. You could use a Sauvignon Blanc, for instance. And there's a little bit of whipped cream and a vanilla bean and some sugar and, of course, some ripe peaches. How does it come together? This is really a summer dessert at its best and most simple state. You find the best peaches you can. Take a dry white wine, a little bit of sugar, some vanilla bean, and crushed lemon verbena leaves. And you just slice the peaches and soak those peach slices in this delicious kind of wine syrup that you've made. Mm. And then you can serve that in a chilled glass. It's super elegant. You could also take a little bit of that leftover wine and make a delicious, refreshing spritzer. It's one of my favorite things in the summer, and it's so, so simple. Mm. And would you be able, Chris, what? These are desserts I can make. (laughs) (laughs) And you, right? Faith and I are not the bakers in the room. Yeah. I can do that. Yes, you could. And I'm thinking that there are ways to fool with these where if you're not an alcohol drinker, you could substitute kind of flavored syrup. You could do a soda. Well, ginger is always a good substitute. That's a great idea. It's always a good substitute when you're using lemon verbena and ginger go together really well. I like that, Carol. Okay, so that is on our website too. And we also have this one. The way the world works, blood oranges, we think, are in season and for a certain period of time. And I'm someone who does 
buy them when they're out, and I squeeze the juice out, and then I freeze it, and I use it in various ways Mm -hmm. to make pan sauces, to flavor a martini, whatever it is. This really drove me wild. We have this on the website. These are blood orange, old-fashioned donuts. Oh, my gosh. Now, you can (laughs) see the glaze on the top. Yes, Carol. So here we go. It's the glaze where the blood orange comes in. So, Yasi, tell us about these. Oh, I wish we had these right now. Me too. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, the incredible variety of citrus during the winter is such a blessing because winters in the Northeast can be kind of dark and and the weather's not great, but then you go to the grocery store and you see Meyer lemons and blood oranges and all of these really beautiful things. And so I wanted to make something that really highlighted the beautiful color of blood oranges. And the first thing my mind shot to was a beautiful pink glaze. And then I thought, well, what could that beautiful pink glaze go on? And of course, I thought of old-fashioned donuts because they are delicious and a really Mm. unique way, I think, to use citrus fruit that maybe somebody might not think of. But it's a really simple donut dough. It comes together a lot like a cookie dough. You do have to deep fry it, but then you cover it with this really delicious, stunning pink glaze. Right. So here's the way my mind works. (laughs) There are so many bakers we have in our food schmooze crowd. However, since I'm not one of them, I immediately said to myself, oh, this is the best idea. I'll buy cider donuts that are made at the farm, and then I'll make this glaze that Yasi's got in here and put it on top. So that was my password. But we're telling you on our website how to actually make these from Yasi's book and everything about Yasi Arafi's cookbook. Sweeter off the vine, and these are fruit desserts for every season. Here is another flavor combination I love. Grapefruit and Meyer lemon bunt cake. Oh, mm. Isn't yes. the bunt cake just the best thing? It, it totally is. Oh, Isn't it just that. never, I, I, it's never gone out of style well, for me. Well, because it's like a great pound cake, you know, with all different fruits or whatever you have in it, and it, it holds together. I and love the pan. Yeah, but it's Carol, just delicious. Carol, what I love, Carol Peck at Good News Cafe has the most incredible desserts always. Carol, what I love is the surface that has the... The crispness. The grooves in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it has it the crisp. Yes. No, it's just yeah, so yeah. good. So, uh, um, well, that's what's wonderful about any kind of cake like that, that you have a lot of outside surface. surface. Yes. You know, yes. you don't want to have too much interior. No. No, you want, want the outside. Exactly. <laughs> it almost gets a little crust. Oh, like I love the, that. It's like the bagel or the bialy, mm, really, you know, where you have the outside is the like point. That's my favorite flavor combination is the Meyer lemon and grape. Isn't that terrific, Anthony? Okay, so Yassi. Grapefruit and Meyer lemon bun cake. Tell us about this. You've got a glaze on this one, too, and we have this on the website, too. Go ahead. I think that cake is really unique because a lot of the time when you see a citrus cake or a citrus pie, it's using the juice and the zest of the citrus, but you're kind of losing all of the flesh. And so for this particular cake, you use the whole fruit. The grapefruit and Meyer lemon segments are folded into the cake batter, and they make these little kind of jammy tart pockets throughout the cake Mm. that are really interesting and I think really unique. It's a really unique way to make a citrus. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that is just... I love the idea. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know why people haven't done that before. Well, it's like raisins, you know. Yes, in a scone. Instead using citrus like that and and pink grapefruits in the wintertime are the best. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. You want to feel mm-hmm. healthy. You eat a few <laughs> Supremes of that, and you're like, yes, I in can do bun- anything. In a bun cake. <laughs> it's got grapefruit in it. It's in good. a bun cake. It's like a vitamin. <laughs> on top. <laughs> so, um, Yassi, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you for doing this book and highlighting fruit this way. In addition to these combinations, Sounding so delicious, mm-hmm. there is something that makes us feel less guilt when we have fruit <laughs> in our dessert. So we love the we love the idea of, of that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yasi Arafi, you can see uh, several of her recipes on our website and information about this book too. The book is called Sweeter Off the Vine: Fruit Desserts for Every Season. Don't forget, our Food Schmooze team here wants to hang out with you. And we've decided, we've never done this before, we've decided we're going to have a meetup at Carol Peck's Good News Cafe in the bar from 6 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday, April 6th. We're all going to run our own tabs and just hang out and have a good time together. It just seems like a really fun thing to do. Good food, good company, and good news. Yeah. Oh, oh, so good for you is what I think. All right. We are on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at foodschmooze.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.